Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. All right, welcome back to our Living Box Free podcast. I'm Becky, and today I am hosting solo with a special guest. We're going to introduce her here in just a moment. We are nearing the end of our series, I've Got Issues, and we're going to talk about a really common issue today and probably one of the top things I hear people say, I am so stressed or I'm nervous about this, I'm anxious about this. We're just going to throw it all out there. We're going to talk about stress anxiety, and we've brought in a guest who can share with us her personal experiences and also what she's done to manage through that. We're going to start with our question, and we're going to introduce our guest here. So, Nicole Gam, welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> it's Nicole's first podcast. Yes. So, so it's funny that we're talking about anxiety because I feel anxious about this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we are experiencing the the emotions right now mm-hmm. as we talk about it. We uh, Let's start with what's on the rise for you this week. I'm going on vacation with my girlfriend next Sunday. We're staying until Friday and then going camping. What's the number one thing you're excited to do? Um, Get out of Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not think about work or anything like that for a while. Are you like totally just chill, relax on vacation or do you want to like have an agenda and go see things and do um, things. Relax, but yeah. we're definitely going to have to work out because I have a feeling we're going to eat a lot of food too yes. while we're out there. Those are my top two favorite things. Yep. Drop in to a gym and eat lots of food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds about right. And then just wherever wherever the wind takes us. Yep. For me, it's it's similar. I'm not going on vacation. I have someone, someone actually clarified this for me. They said a trip, it's like you're going somewhere to do something versus a vacation as you're going to relax. I'm taking a trip. So getting ready to take the first trip with baby Sawyer back to Kansas to see the family because a lot of them haven't met him yet. And I'm sure it's going to be awesome and exhausting all at the same time. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yes. I started to pack yesterday. Speaking of anxiety, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many things to remember. Bibs, Mm -hmm. teethers, blah, 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 blah. So that's, that's my world. That's what's on the rise. We are going to transition take that uh, anxiety. We're going to just put it on the table, talk about it. One of the things as we jump into this topic around anxiety and stress, a few, few pieces of data here before we jump into things. If you were to look, there's a a website talks about anxiety and depression association of America. So all USA statistics, 40 million adults are affected by anxiety each year. That's a lot. I'd have to go back and look at how many people are in the U S that's a lot of people. A lot. And that's every year. Also, according to the uh, health grades, one in five adults in the U.S. has an anxiety disorder. Women are twice as likely as men to have an anxiety disorder. I have some hypothesis why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would be interested to dig more into that. Mm-hmm. I do think women, you can tell me what you think. I feel like we tend to put a lot more expectations on ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And some other interesting stats here about stress and anxiety. One in 20 children are found to have anxiety. That's a lot. I feel like it should be higher than that, honestly. You might be able to unpack that for us with your exposure to kids. And maybe it is higher now, especially with social media Mm -hmm. over the last year and a half where we've been locked down. 
And then 36.9% of those with anxiety disorders are receiving treatment. So that's good news. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about some of what treatment looks like for stress and anxiety and maybe what's worked worked for you, Nicole. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause there. And one of the reasons we brought Nicole in is because she's willing to share some of her personal story and impact of stress and anxiety on her life. But also, you, you see a lot of that in your job. And so you've got this kind of, you're helping people who feel that way, but then also you've been in their shoes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hit pause and I'm going to pass it to you. And you just tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. All right. So my story, and again, this is funny because like I'm feeling all of those like anxious, <laughs> stressed out feelings right now. Um, so let's see. My mom, she has social anxiety disorder. So she's been through all that stuff. Um, when I was younger, there were situations where I would go into places and I would just feel like all these people are just like staring at me mm-hmm. and like my heart would beat so fast, my palms would be sweaty and I would just have to leave. Like mm-hmm. I just couldn't be there. Again, I just thought people were staring at me. So um, as you mentioned, my job, I'm a, a juvenile probation officer. I've done that for eight years in Marion County and I deal with kids, kids' lives pretty much. Um, I see so much trauma, everything that they go through is actually, it's weird that it seems normal to me just cause I'm used to it all the time. So dealing with their lives and then having to deal with mine, it's just, it's a lot. So especially like last year, um, through the whole pandemic thing and working from home and not having that work, uh, like work home life separation, mm-hmm. it got to me and it got to me pretty hard. Um, so like dealing with the kids stuff, dealing with my own stuff and then the pandemic. And then we were, we were doing this like new system at work too. And it was just like one thing after another, after another piling up. And I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. Like it got to the point where I would like sit on the couch and it should just be time for me to watch TV or just like, just unload and just unwind and I would have really bad heart palpitations and like I would be shaky. I would be nervous. Like there was just this feeling in my chest and like I'm not, I'm not used to feeling that way. Like I'm used to being carefree and just like, I don't know, just happy, I guess. Um, But I would just sit there and I would explain like all these feelings and then people would be like, oh, it's just anxiety. I'm like, Okay, so it's what's just, that? Yeah, and when yeah. you say it's just anxiety, like, d- is that them brushing it off, dismissing it? Yes, yeah. and, like, but when you feel those things, you're like, is there something wrong with me? Like, and it got to the point where I would feel this nightly, and I would just, when I didn't feel it, I would worry about feeling it again. Mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, cool, like, I feel normal right now, but who's to say it's not going to be different in, like, five minutes? So... Like, I would sit there, and I would feel this way, and it got to the point where, again, the heart palpitations, those are freaky. Like, Uh, you'll just be sitting there, and all of a sudden, it'll just be like, boop, and I'm like, what is this? (laughs) I don't like that. So um, I started thinking things were wrong with me. Um, I started having bladder problems. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and um, I was like, there's got to be something wrong with me. So I went to the doctor, um, and they're like, oh, it's anxiety. Like, again, okay, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Um, They're like, nothing's wrong with you. Like, okay, 
What is what does that mean? Like what what can I do to make this stop happening? Um, so then I took a look at like my work life and the things that are going on there, and I'm like, okay, I have to remove something from my life because nothing is making this better. So I went to my doctor, told her how I felt. Um, she approved, I think it was like a month off of work at the time, but I ended up taking three. Um, that's like the max time that you can take because I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like I found myself like outside of the physical things that were going on with me, I found myself like sitting there not doing my kids justice, like zoning out when they would talk to me, like not getting as much work done as I need to dreading walking through that door every day. And it was horrible. Like I'm not, again, that's not me. That's not how I feel usually. Um, and then I would go to the gym. I wouldn't even put forth near as much effort as I usually do. So I took those three months off of work, um, talked to my doctor maybe like once a month. Um, it was weird. Like I was like, is this what retired people feel like? They oh. just they just get to do whatever they want to, like all day long. And it was Are weird. Are you saving for retirement more now? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like it was it was nice, but yeah. I felt like I, I lived in the gym at that point and like that was what I needed. Mm-hmm. Like I needed that time like to physically like decompress, get it all out. Yeah. And like talk to the people that I love to talk to and that I love to see every day. And then I went back to work. Um so it was like from November of last year to February of this year. I went back to work. <laughs> we got a whole new system at that time. Like I was thrown into it mm-hmm. and I had to learn all the bells and whistles that come with it. And it was like I dislike being there less because yeah. I took that time off, but and because like I took that mental like decompressed time, mm-hmm. but I mean, I was just, I was thrown back into the same situation that I left and it's, it's starting to get to me again. I can feel it. Um, and I know that I have to figure something out sooner than later because it's one of those things. It's like, if you don't, if you don't do something about it now, like when it starts happening, your body and your mind are going to like at a certain point be like, okay, this is it. It is time to do something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, you asked me. A little bit about myself, but I just kind of dumped it all out. Hey, no, that's so. <laughs> good. Just un- unleash it. Yep. So it sounds like, and I guess I'm curious, a couple questions. Mm-hmm. A, from what I heard, it sounds like a turning point was the pandemic and yep. working from home. And that was when all of this just kind of escalated. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about the experience with your doctor. And they said, oh, you just have anxiety. Mm-hmm. What were their recommendations? Were, were they like, hey what can you cut out of your life? Or was it just like, Hey, you have anxiety, take this pill or just sleep more or do mm-hmm. less. I'm just curious what, what that sounded like. Um, it depends on what doctor I went to. Cause like my medical bills now are outrageous because of all the people that I saw. Cause uh-huh. again, like I just thought things were wrong. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can't like, if you have bladder problems, you can't talk to your cardiologist about that. You have to go to a urologist, yeah. but, um, the cardiologist, she's like, well, there's nothing wrong with your heart. We want to see if you can wear a heart monitor to see if something else is wrong, but it's probably anxiety. And I'm like, okay, so if I don't do the heart monitor, then what should I do? She goes, okay, talk to your general doctor. I'm like, okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then the urologist, um, that was a great experience, but <laughs> he's <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with you. 
you should probably talk to your general doctor. And I'm like, again, okay. But that doctor told me to talk to all of you. So I went to the general doctor person, and this was just on the phone. This wasn't in person. Um, And I was pretty much like, I'm stressed out. Like, I dread being at work. I am not finding joy in the things that I usually find. Like, I just feel really anxious, nervous, whatever. And she's like, okay, well, we're going to start you on whatever she wanted to put me on. I don't even remember what it was. Mm -hmm. But, like, I've taken... I think it was trazodone, like an anxiety, oops, sorry, an anxiety med before. Mm-hmm. And um, it made me feel like a zombie. And so I didn't want to take it. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, okay, well, maybe if I remove something from my life that's a stressor, then maybe that'll fix it. And I don't want to say that it fixed it, but it definitely like made it go away for a little bit. Yeah. So when you said like, oh, did they just say, hey, here's this pill and then we wish you the best, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, we're going to sign these papers that you can stay home for like three months or whatever and then you're going to go back to work and then you're going to work real hard. So. And hopefully it doesn't happen again. Yes, that is it. When you started taking time off work, how long was it bef- before you didn't have those symptoms anymore? Um. This is going to sound weird, but it was immediate. Yeah. It was absolutely immediate, Um, mentally at least. The physical symptoms, which led into more of the mental symptoms, it took longer. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, mentally it was like right away I'm like, oh, my goodness, like I feel weightless or I feel like I don't have to worry about things. So that's huge. Mm -hmm. And as you've gone back to work, how is that, that anxiety or stress creeped back (laughs) in? Has it, has it been like gradual or? Okay. Um, it's been very gradual. Like at first I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm okay with being here. You know, like I don't dread being here. I don't feel anxious. I don't feel stressed out. I don't feel any of this, but like it's, it's because we had a lot of department changes too. Like I'm not going to go into all the things, but, um, just we keep getting things added on us daily, and it's a lot. I mean, the amount of people that have left, not even just where I work, but other places, the amount of people that have left because of the pressure that they're under, the pandemic, the stress, the everything, it's absurd. Mm-hmm. Like, if you didn't have an anxiety disorder before this, you probably do now, pretty much. Like, there's yeah. a whole lot of stuff going on. So it was it was gradual, but again, like I said before, I feel it. I feel it coming back Mm -hmm. and I don't want it to because I love like the kids I work with and I love like what I do, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's a lot. So you, you described a few, I I love how you're describing like how you felt Mm -hmm. and would, would love for you to break that down a little bit more. What does anxiety feel like? Um, it's funny because I thought about this the other day. It's like, you remember those old windows, 98, uh, computers or whatever, where, oh, you, yeah. where you open one tab and like it just keeps opening repeatedly yes. and like the entire screen is just that. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Like my mind was just everywhere. And like you you start worrying about one thing and then that leads you down the rabbit hole to worrying about so many other things. Mm-hmm. So it's like you worry about, I don't know, maybe your your chest feels weird. So then you Google it. And then oh, WebMD no. says you have cancer. No, I was and then, say, don't ever <laughs> Google it. And then all of a sudden you're worrying, 
do I have cancer? Like it yeah. just, it goes from one thing to another. So the worry, the, the nagging, like, oh my God, what is going on? Um, heart palpitations. That was a big one for me. That still happens. Um, sweaty palms, racing heart, mm. shortness of breath, especially with the uh-huh. pandemic. I like weekly was like, do I have COVID? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I talked to Kayla and she's like, you've gotten tested more than most people have. And like, yeah. and I'm like, you know why? Because I feel these things and yeah. I'm freaking out. Like maybe it's this. So I felt like a hypochondriac. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the the burning chest, stomach, uh, feeling lightheaded, dizzy. And then, I mean, anxiety can be different for whoever. Like my anxiety could look different from someone else's. It was just like mine was the worry, the stress, and all that stuff. I mean, anxiety for me when I was younger, it was like, oh, people are talking about me. Oh, people are, Mm -hmm. they're looking at me just the nervousness, the, yeah, like all of that. Making so yeah. up stories in your head. Yes. Has your doctor said, you mentioned your mom. Do you feel like anxiety, this is inherited um, a genetic tendency or? I mean, they think that it is. Mm-hmm. So, cause like my mom had that and then my dad had depression, probably anxiety too. So they're like, oh yeah, it's probably a combination of what your parents had. Mm-hmm. So, but it was just, the reason I brought her up is because it's like, I saw the stuff that she dealt with and like there were so many times where we were at like the grocery store and she had to leave. And I, when I was younger, I didn't understand why I was like, okay, what what's going on? Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, I get it. And it's like, no one from the outside can understand or see that it's all in your head. Yeah. And explaining that to people, it's so weird, but like, don't have that. They're like, can't you just not do that? Yes. Or can't you just not be that way? I'm like, no. If only. Sadly, I feel like we hear that a lot with mental mm-hmm. health, different things, right? People, we've talked about eating disorders, people who overeat, yep. like, can't you just don't just, just don't eat the yes. food <laughs> or people who are depressed. Just don't be just sad. Just be happy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I, that's really good to call out and, yep. and mentioned it's sometimes it's just inherit, inherit, inherent, inherent. <laughs> that's a hard word. And it, and it's hard, right? Yeah. And you, you can't just flip a switch. Yes. It takes time and, yep. and focus and different things for different people. Yep. Can you tell us in your, in your mind, what is the difference between stress and anxiety? So stress can cause anxiety. Um, but anxiety is still there when you remove what is causing you stress. So mm-hmm. in my case, like the stress from work made my anxiety worse. And then when I removed that stress, like my anxiety was better, but it's not Mm. gone. Mm. Like it will always be there. That particular work stress was gone. So, um, like, I mean, I still, I still like freaked out about some stuff when I was off of work, but it's because that anxiety was still there, even though Mm -hmm. that stressor was gone. Yeah. So that's a good way to think about it. So you have these different pressure points or stress points. Yep. You, by removing those, it can help with anxiety. Mm-hmm. But you still have that tendency to get anxious about certain things. Yep. Let's let's talk a little bit about the health impact mm-hmm. for people who, and I I hear people say it all the time. I don't know about you. There are certain people you see them in the gym or you see them somewhere, and you just ask, "How are you doing?" They're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm good. I'm stressed." I hear that all the time. Yes. What is the health impact? These people who just are constantly stressed or anxious, 
what does that do to us long term? Oh God, it uh, it runs you down. Um, I think you said something about stress is the new smoking. So I looked mm-hmm. something up. It was like there was a study in 2018 that said um, people with high levels of anxiety and depression were found to face 65% increased odds for a heart condition, 64% for stroke, 50% for high blood pressure, and 87% for arthritis compared to those without it. Arthritis, I wouldn't guess that one. It seems like, even with me, it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like you're worried Mm -hmm. about all of these things, and then they happen. And it's like your mind can push your body to do these things. And we don't really realize that like beforehand or while it's happening until it actually happens. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I can sit here and worry about, worry about heart palpitations. And then out of nowhere, I get one. And it's like, it's because I worried and I stressed myself out so much that it actually happened. Mm -hmm. So that is pretty crazy. That self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Something I think about a lot when I we talk about stress and anxiety is how it's become like America, this badge of honor to be the mm-hmm. busiest person. And that's something I personally have had to overcome because I did have a narrative growing up like you should be in all these clubs, you should yep. get straight A's, you should do all this stuff. And Trist, being married to Tristan, my husband, has probably been the best thing for me to really hit pause and ask myself, what do I do that brings me joy and purpose and prioritizing what, how I spend my time Mm -hmm. in those spaces versus just trying to climb a ladder or constantly be doing something and not, not finding your value in how much work you produce, but finding your value in other things. Yes. So sad, sadly, I don't know if you've observed that or seen that. That's when I think about stress, I see a lot of people who are just churning out work, but they're not happy and they're stressed and it's because this narrative of success has been created mm-hmm. that you, that's what you should do to be successful. Yep. I mean, I see that all the time. I actually had a conversation with a coworker earlier about that. Um, and then when I was on leave, I made it a point to do at least one thing every day, no matter how small it was to make myself happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a lot of like personal growth things done while I was on leave because I refused to just sit there and stare at the TV because it's like, yeah. what did those three months do for you? Like, what would have done for me? Nothing at that mm-hmm. point. So I actually tried to better myself and get myself in a better place for when I go, do go back to work. But um, back to the coworker. So I was talking to her earlier, and she she works her butt off. She is a very very good person. She's a very good hard worker, and she's she's getting burnout too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just used to seeing her run around the building and with like 45 different bags talking on two different phones. Oh like that's gosh. just her. That is who she is. And to see her finally be like, you know what? I'm taking a vacation or I'm not or I'm using my benefit time. I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm like, that is awesome. Like you yeah. need to do that. And even though like stress and all that good stuff, it's become normal at this point, like, I mean, especially with a pandemic, it's become normal. I do think people are finally putting their foot down Mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, you know, like I have to do something for me because this is getting bad. So, and it, what sucks though, is that I feel like they were forced to do that. I feel like it got to the point where like they had no choice, Yep. but that's, that's where we are. We're here. So I was listening to a leader talk about 
their startup business and they had unlimited vacation and no one went on vacation. Yep. And then they, they I've heard of that too. Yeah. And then they had to mandate, they're like, okay, you, you will take on this vacation. <laughs> yes. So once again, it's just reiterating the need for that self-care and that time. Yep. Tell us a little bit more about your role as a probation officer. What type of situations or environments do you see people experiencing often that leads to stress and anxiety? Um, my answer to this one was yes. So all of the above. <laughs> yeah. um, so what I do, I again, I deal with kids. I deal with about like 10 to 15 of them. Okay. And I manage like they get they get in trouble and then they get assigned like a therapist, a mentor, like a whole mm-hmm. bunch of people in their business, in their lives to hopefully change, well, help them change and become a better person. And but we also deal with their parents too who might have gone down the same road that they did. And a lot of the kids they're they're not bad kids. None mm-hmm. of them in my opinion are bad kids. It's like they they are put in these situations where they make poor choices. Yeah. Like, and what I mean by that, most of the kids have a lot of trauma, um, be it like their parents were never around or they went through like um, neglect or abuse, something like that. So what, what I talked about in the beginning, like things that I th- see as being normal, they shouldn't be normal. Like, somebody who doesn't have their dad in the picture or somebody who had to sleep on the concrete floor. Like that to me is more normal than someone who has like a huge queen bed growing up because our kids don't have that. Like Mm -hmm. that realistically, they do not have that. So seeing these things like every day and dealing with them every day, it's a lot. Um, And then again, like dealing with like, cause it's not, my life is not just their life. Like I have my own life too. Mm-hmm. Dealing with all of my life and theirs, it's a whole lot. Yeah. So, and again, with the, the system change and the department changes and whatever, and the pandemic. So it's layers. Yes. It is just layers. And it's like, I'm slowly trying, well, on leave, I slowly tried to peel those layers off. So it was just me and they're kind of like coming back. So that's what I was talking about with that. When you work with people, as you mentioned, who've had a lot of trauma and you say it's a lot, how, how does that feel for you? Are you taking that trauma on and feeling <laughs> yes. it too? Yes. Yeah. Um, I am, I think of myself as like a sponge mm-hmm. when it comes to my job or just people in general, like whatever you're feeling, whatever you're like letting out, that's what I'm taking in. So if I'm in a situation where some I'm around all these happy people, oh, I'll be happy. But if I'm around people that are like, we're talking about the trauma that this kid went through, he was abused, he was this, he was that, like, you can't sit there and be happy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just sit there and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the norm for this kid. This is what this kid is going through. And then when you're in an office full of, I'm just going to say, unhappy people, you're going to be unhappy too. Mm-hmm. Even if you try your hardest to like be positive, it's like that unhappiness is going to get to you. So it's like all these things, all these feelings, all these emotions, just like they're just inside and you have to like let them out somehow. So that's mm-hmm. why I have the gym. I mean, that's, yeah. that is honestly one of the reasons why I go to the gym. But, and then when we didn't, when we weren't able to go to the gym, that's when a lot of people suffered too. So it's, yeah. 
So I just take it all in and then got to get it out somehow. Somehow it, or sometimes it comes out just when I don't want it to. And that's what I was trying to stop or trying to keep from happening. Talking about the gym, that's a perfect segue into what, what can someone do? We've talked a lot about how you feel, some of the symptoms of stress and anxiety, the impact it has on you. And for anyone who's listening to this, if you've felt these things and you've been like Nicole and thought, is there something wrong with me? This hopefully is helpful in steering you towards maybe it is stress or maybe it is anxiety. What would you tell someone, Nicole, what can I do on my own to decrease my stress or help with my anxiety? Um, The first one would be to do what I did on leave. Just take five minutes, 10 minutes, however long to do one thing per day for you, no matter how stupid it may seem to you or how small it may seem. Like for me, it was literally sitting down, eating breakfast at my kitchen table or something like that. Like breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. It made me happy. So I did it. Um, the gym, another one, obviously endorphins are a thing. Um, especially at a CrossFit gym, you see all the people that you love to see. Uh, you go through uh, torture together and (laughs) yeah, it's the best hour of your life. Um, or I mean, if you like believe in God, if you go that route, find a church Mm -hmm. that aligns with your faith. Um, I mean, I know as adults, it's a lot harder to find friends and stuff than it is like if you're a kid, cause you're in school and, and hopefully you find friends there, but I mean, do something to get yourself out there to find people that like the same things that you do. It makes it a lot easier, even if you have just, like, one person to talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, if something or someone is causing stress in your life, like, think about removing them or that. It might be, like, I don't know, say it's a parent that is really hard to do, but you have to draw that line. You have to have those boundaries, set those boundaries, because I mean, at the end of the day, yes, they're your family, but you are the person that you look at like in the mirror every day. Like you have to be okay with you at the end of the day. So if they're stressing you out, you have to do something to make you okay. Mm -hmm. So that's a hard reality to face. Yes. (laughs) As adults, I've had though. to face it. <laughs> but yeah, yes, me it is. too. Me too. And and you realize those people influence your attitude and who you are so much. The people you you connect with the most. So those are those are wonderful examples. What can someone do on their own? How would someone know if they need professional help? Um, when the bad outweighs the good, and when it gets to the point where you can't function as you normally would. Um, The point for me came when I would just sit there when I should be totally fine, totally calm, totally happy, and I wasn't. So when there was no reason for something to be happening and it was still happening, that's when I know that I needed help. And when it gets to the point where your thoughts are totally just overran with all these negative things, I mean, that's what happens with depression too, at least I would imagine. Like when it just interferes with your daily life and your daily happiness. That's when you need to get help. And again, you need to do it before it does it for you. And I love that Nicole is vulnerable enough to share her story because there's a lot of people. And I can think of some people who 
I've, I've observed or have come and talked to me who probably need help, but they're embarrassed or scared to ask for it. And if it is impacting your life, like what Nicole just mentioned to that point where you can't get out of it, you're stuck in it, even when you should be happy, there's nothing wrong with going and seeking help and it's, you are worth it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I think taking that time off is a great example, Nicole. And that's something maybe a lot of people don't even think about. They probably just think, oh, medication, sure. But not being afraid to step away from what's causing all that stress mm-hmm. and anxiety. What other final tips or advice would you give anyone who's struggling with stress, anxiety in their life right now? Um, talk about it. That is the biggest thing. And that is pretty much what I would love to spend the rest of my life like doing and working on. Um, Not for me necessarily, but like we need to open the door to let all this stuff out because it's going to just sit inside and marinate and drive you nuts. So it's like you have to let it out. You have to tell someone, even if it's just one person, even if you don't think they'd understand, just tell them because honestly, you don't know how many people that you would positively impact just by letting stuff out. Mm -hmm. So like me talking about my anxiety and someone listens, maybe they're like, Oh, you know, like I feel that way too. So it's normal. So it's not just me, Mm -hmm. especially with the pandemic and all the restrictions and all the, the mental health impacts with that. It's like so many people are feeling the same way that you're feeling. So you have to just let it out and tell someone. Yes, I know pride is there. Pride is a thing. Mm -hmm. And you might be like, oh, I don't want to be weak or I don't want to cry or I don't want this, that, and the other. It's like, okay, would you much rather just sit there and continue to be miserable and continue to not be able to live your life the way you want to or because realistically, like you're wasting your own time by not saying something. And I know that a lot of people are like, well, isn't it up to the other person to like ask me how I feel? There are so many people that are very good at hiding how they feel. So it would just be better if you just kind of let it out. And what another thing that I would really appreciate if more people did, um, and I've started doing it too, is that we're all going through a lot. So if you do have something to tell someone, make sure that you ask them if they have space for it. Because if you are just going through the roughest time of your life and your best friend tells you that like her mom died, it's like, oh boy. So then you get that piled on you. Just make sure that you have enough space like within you if someone wants to tell you something or or make sure the other person has space if you want to tell them something. That's a really, really good tip making, asking that before you dump on yes. someone because yeah, you don't know what they're going through. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic advice. And Ash and I doing this series, I've got issues, just like what you said, talk about it. We want people to feel okay and free and that it's normal to have dialogue and talk about all the issues that we have because no one's perfect. We all have something, Yep. no matter what it is. And we are so grateful that you came on as our guest, Nicole, talked about your experience and also what you've done to overcome that, mitigate some of that stress and anxiety, but understanding that it's, it's a constant work and effort mm-hmm. towards that. Yep. We will uh, make sure we put in our podcast notes, 
some details and links to the data that we shared. We're so grateful that you joined us, Nicole, and we are coming close to the end of our series. Tune back in as we wrap all of this up. I've got issues, and then we're going to be jumping into some future topics uh, around leadership. So thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon.